is the Tabernacle Podcast with John Vermilia and me, Britton Bishop. What's up, John? I am wondering, because I can't read it from here, what is the flavor of your ghostless Cherry flavor? Limeade. Cherry Found limeade? a new one. Buckley General Store. No free shout-outs, Buckley General Store. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. Found it. It's pretty good. It's no orange cream, but it'll do. Orange cream is delicious. It is. It's a little overpowering. I like it. You're the mango guy, right? I love mango and orange cream. I went back to Swedish fish and can't do it anymore. It's too sweet. Too sweet. I don't yeah. know what happened. Getting That's what happened with me with mango versus the orange cream. The okay. orange cream is almost so sweet yep. that it was like, but, uh, okay. This one's sweeter than the orange cream. Oh, it is? Yep. See, my deal is, and I know I'm going to get roasted for this. I live in northern Michigan. I don't like cherries. Mm. This is what it is. Is it, Now, I love limeade. Mm. Like, But they do that all the time. See, like, why can't you just make limeade? Y'all had a Sonic in Charlotte, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. yeah. So the- Drink stop of America. That's all we had in Uluga was Sonic and Subway. Sonic and, and Subway. So, but they had cherry limeades that were so good. Oh, yeah, Sonic. lime lime has got to be. I mean, mango is right up up there. It's my Haitian upbringing, but lime is like my favorite fruit. Like hey, there it is. It's just, dude. I put it in everything. I'll put yeah. it in water. You put it I'll put in Coke. In Coke. Don't you? Yeah, yeah. I'll put in that. Coke. I'll weird. put it in. If I'm having a fresca, put a lime in it. <laughs> dude, it. I'm like like I'm at a restaurant and you know they're like. What would you like? I'm trying to be healthy. It's, right. you know, 2023, 20, new year, new you, drop a few pounds. <laughs> world's got enough dudes my age and my size. So I'm sitting there going, um, you have a w- ice water. Lemon okay? I'm like, no, but I'll take a lime. And they're like, what? And then they bring me a lemon. I take it out. Yeah. I mean, lemon's okay, but yep. lime is just superior, man. Yeah. I uh, I went to South Carolina. I just got back yesterday and uh, I was trying to be healthy, John. There's no being healthy in South are, Carolina, dude. man. Got done preaching. Like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I mean, Waffle House is still open. Waffle today. House is just <laughs> hey, no Waffle Bro, oh, I got to wow. tell you. I this. love Waffle House. This woman. So, we're good. It's me and Paul Epperson. You know Paul. Yeah. Camp speaker, Camp Great 23. Preacher. Love Students, that guy. you won't want to miss he's it. He's an encourager, too. Yeah, he's hosting yeah. us on our outreach trip in Columbia. Gonna, I, I'm believing that uh, he's going to be a cool partner for us as we move forward. Nice. Just his passion for the next generation. But so, him and I go to uh, Waffle House and we sit down and in the most Waffle House way humanly possible. This woman walks up. She is a force of nature. Purple hair. Her name was Miss Peggy Sue. Oh, for the love of hey, all that Southern. And she is yeah. going. She's nuts. Hilarious. And she's Peggy drinking come over Red right Bull, talk like that. yelling, do it, yeah. talking like that. And she goes, well, you boys know I'm on the bull again. Yeah. She's <laughs> drinking Red She had two Red Bulls I'm on while the bull we were again. there. Oh, my uh, dude, goodness. My goodness, dude. She's screaming at the cook, but. So Waffle House. Waffle House is legit. Mm-hmm. Legit. I don't care that if you lick the table, it would taste like maple syrup. Right. Okay. I love Waffle House. Absolutely. First time I took my wife to the South. This is like we'd been married a year. Mm. We're about to move to Charlotte. So we're on like the house or the apartment hunting trip, yeah. you know, and we've just taken this huge step of faith. We're going to be sports missionaries with Missionary Athletes International. I'm going to play for the Charlotte Eagles. We're doing all this stuff. And somewhere, I, it must have been Tennessee or maybe maybe uh, it was because we went through a weird way. It, mm-hmm. it, was, it was somewhere in the Carolinas, whatever. We're at this Waffle House. And the lady comes up and my wife, I mean, she likes breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, okay, this is where we're going, you know. And we sat down and the lady goes, you know, she's trying to give her order. And she's like, what you want? Is that a waffle? Is that a waffle? Is that a waffle? And um, my wife, very northern Michigan, who's only lived in Indiana yes. for college in Michigan. She's like, excuse me? She's like, sweet hours. <laughs> and, and, and she's like, I'm so sorry. And the lady's getting exasperated. And then finally she goes, you know, or I said, yeah. uh, Darcy, she wants to know if you want that syrup hot. <laughs> and she goes, oh, yes, please. Thank you. And the lady walked away. Darcy hasn't spent a lot of time in the South. And she looks at me when she's gone. She goes, I can't live here. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, I said, no, goodness. no, babe, this is Waffle House. Yes. <laughs> you, they have special products. Yeah, so there. that's yeah, the first time Waffle Hope House. ever heard my brother on speakerphone. We get off the phone and she goes, I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> and still to this day, I've, it's like if he listens to this, he'll find out. I'll randomly call him sometimes when I'm with people. Like I'll just get him talking, and uh, when he starts going is oh, when it comes dude, out. It's so funny. It's bad. And yeah. Hope makes fun of him. So, but hope. hope and if had you're a from similar... Michigan, you say things hard. Calendar. Calendar. Can yeah. you put the bags in the yeah. car? <laughs> Can you? Put, I mean, it's almost uh, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. You know, at times I don't Love get it. it. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm Waffle Housed up. Good for and you. And recovering. Man. I'm glad you're back. So I'm glad you're back. Uh, we are um, jumping in. I'm excited. This is episode 93. I think it's 93. Yeah, we're getting close to 100, and uh, we don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something for the hundredth. Yeah, nice. might be like a. I think there's going to be cupcakes, but I'm not sure. Or like there a should dessert, there should be something, yeah, trace cakes or something. I, I don't know. I just I don't heard, know. I heard. I don't know. She retired. Haven't heard from her. Haven't heard. So, but yeah. uh, no. Hey, if people have a special like suggestion for the hundredth, should they tell you? They should email us. But we don't have an email right now. But we will by the yeah, end of the week. Yeah, or tell us on Sunday. New, I'll forget. We, like, but we got whatever. new emails, and I don't know how to set them up. But, or you uh, know what? Tell Benjamin. There you go. Yeah, there you tell go. Benji. No, if you <laughs> catch, catch him, catch Benji in the lobby. If you catch our producer, <laughs> he's so mad. Right he'll now. remember. He'll he just remember. Plays the outro music. All right. I mean, we here. have ideas. <laughs> yes, and we had a meeting, and we reserve the right to not take any of your ideas. That's right. Because it's our podcast, and we'll do whatever we want. But we did have a meeting. One. We had a meeting, and Episode. so we are planned for the next two weeks. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Love a little it. bit longer. Love it. So, uh, but right. yeah, with that meeting, we thought far enough ahead, and uh, we have a sermon series that is starting up um, here soon here at the Tabernacle that we're excited about. It is our "I Am" sermon series. So, if you would, um, kind of on the front end of that breakdown, "I Am," what kind of stirred that up? for the life of our church, coming out of 1 Corinthians, getting punched in the face week in and week out. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Why I am. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of reasons of the why and not the least of which is it's never just something, as you know, but this for our listeners. It, you know, our sermon series just don't come out of my brain. First of all, um, we try to always just go right back to the book, right mm-hmm. to the Bible. Uh, that's why we choose an expository style. But just kind of as our team, our pastoral team, you know, we're praying through things and, uh, you know, what does our church need to hear next? And like you said, First Corinthians, are some real hard parts. And so uh, we recently went through a gospel. And so the thought process was, uh, what if we go through a different gospel, but let's not go through verse by verse. Let's pick a theme that kind of runs through the gospel. And the gospel of John, um, which is one of the four biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like one of the things that sets us apart from the other gospels is John records um, the se- seven different times Jesus made a declarative statement that started with I am. Now, he he did it more than seven times. Uh, there's there's at least two other places where he uses, you know, that that declaration I am. But um but it's significant because that's one of the names of God. In fact, it is the name of God. It's the first name of God when someone asked is his name um, all the way back from Exodus chapter 3. And the reason it's significant is you know, people all the time that aren't people of faith were like, well, you know, I'm okay with Jesus, but you know, not all this stuff about worshiping him. You know, he's got some good ideas. He's got some good wisdom. And But Jesus as God is a different thing. But then when you point out the fact where Jesus made claims to be God, because here's this rabbi, here's this miracle worker, um, here's this person who's essentially saying, I am the I am. You know the I am that our, you know, our father Moses, you know, the patriarch, all the way back in the day when God appeared to him at the burning bush? Um, and he said, what is your name? Who will I tell them sent me? And God's answer to Moses, you will tell them, I am. Tell them I am sent you. I am that I am. And then you can also tell them if they don't get that part that I'm, you know, I'm the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so forth and so on. But you go all the way thousands of years later to Jesus in the New Testament, in John's gospel, he's making these statements that I am that I am. Mm. And and so it was like, yeah, going back to Jesus, you know, right after 1 Corinthians and leading up to Easter. That was the thought process. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And I, that leads to a question, I think, for just for people as we're looking at getting into this series, we're looking at you made the jokingly the statement New Year, this whole thing, right? But why do you think, in your opinion, as a pastor that's been um, pastoring this church for a long time now and uh, and you've been around, you've been around other places, you travel and speak as well, in your opinion, and in the life of a believer, why is it crucial or important for us to have a right understanding of who Jesus is? Oh, perfect. Uh, in fact, I was just at um, the same place that you spoke at. I was at Freeze Out, mm. and uh, we actually preached the same template, yep. the same uh, uh, messages. Uh, you you, you kind of took the lead, and I was like, hey, this works, so I'm, I'm just going to preach these and make them my own. But right after the first session, I realized there was a disconnect in the room. Mm-hmm. 
and we had probably nine different churches, like 450 students. And 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 by the way, adults are just grown up students right. that you know stop having to go to youth group, right. you know, yeah. or 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 foundry or whatever it was. And the disconnect was was people were still rowing the boat, that performance-based Christianity. Yeah. They were still, if I do these things, my good behavior, my obedience to God, my following the Bible, um, that determines who I am. And who I am, that's going to ter- determine how God interacts with me. And so it's that gospel ladder thing. And yeah. so I think I told you on that um, – well, you were there. Yeah. Like you brought up some awesome bros from Manistee. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, I introduced the gospel ladder to him, yeah. which was uh, – we don't – I don't have the visual right here with me. But when when we get the gospel backwards, we start out with our performance, what I do, and we think that that determines who I am. And we think who I am determines – oh, there it is. <laughs> We could do a zoom in. <laughs> this is the cheesiest zoom in, you whatever. Uh, Tell Matt to pay the man. Pay the man. <laughs> These are high tech <laughs> graphics right here, right? So, what I do determines who I am or my identity. And who I am determines what God does, whether He's going to bless me or not. And then that declares who God is. Yeah. And God is a God that wants me to perform good so He can bless me good. Right. Where the true gospel is is actually, no, who God is, his character, that determines what he does. Hmm. What he does determines who I am, and who I am determines what I do. Hmm. That's the true gospel. And so going back to answer your question is going back to the character and nature of Jesus, who is God, that's crucial. That's critical. It fits right in. Hmm. And so for us in the life of our church, we always have to go back to Jesus, not just as our Savior, but uh, but as our God for the present, and what better word, th- or what better name, um, because you can't make this stuff up. Right. You know, I mean, if humans name you know make up the name of a god, mm-hmm. you know, what is it? It's going to be something like Thor, right. you know, yeah. or it's going to be something uh, intense, something intense, yeah. Shira, yeah. you know, or kind of whatever. And our God just says it's it's almost an enigma wrapped up in a paradox right. and a riddle. Where he goes, I am. Well, remi- what does that mean? <laughs> it reminds me of the – have you seen the video of the bowler, the professional bowler that rolls the strike in the – have you seen this video? It's like extremely Keep describing. Viral. Yeah. He's rolling and he, uh, he bowls a strike and it's in the middle of like a professional bowling thing. It's all over ESPN and he turns around and he just screams – who do you think that you are? I oh, am. Oh, oh yeah. D- yes. Uh, I, I, I have seen that. That would just be the sermon bumper. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that would be a little bit. David's not uh, having, having that. Who do you think that you are? I yeah. am. No, he's, no, he's not going there. But, but this is what he said. So, 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 you know, if you don't know the story about in Exodus, um, Moses ha- has left Egypt um, raised by the Pharaoh. So he's raised his royalty, but he finds out he's a slave. He kills somebody. And then he he runs for his life and he flees to the wilderness where he lives for another 40 years. So he's 80 years old. And then God shows up. Yeah. And it's just on a random everyday work day where he sees a bush or a small tree and it's burning, but it's not being burned up. So he's like, oh, let me go check this out. This is in Exodus chapter three. And when he gets close to it, um, God speaks from inside the burn i mean god's not in the burning bush but god speaks and he hears him he tells him take off your feet you're standing on holy ground and then um moses says you know after god gives him all these instructions you're going to go back to egypt you're going to tell pharaoh to let my people go and then he starts getting afraid he says suppose i go to the israelites and say to them the god of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me what is his name then what shall i tell them god said to moses i am who i am Mm -hmm. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. Mm. And so translated, I'm not even going to try to say it, but it's for those people that are smarter than you and me both, it is the first person common singular. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. The first person common singular of the verb to be. Mm. And, you know, you could say I'm watching the sheep. I'm walking on the road. I am his father. But when it's a standalone description, get this. It's the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, self-existence, and immediate presence. Mm. 
God's existence does not depend upon anyone else. His plans don't depend on anyone else or circumstances. He promises he will be what he will be. Yeah. The eternally constant, ever-present, unchangeable, completely sufficient in himself to do what he wills, to do and to accomplish what he wills to accomplish. Yeah. Thank you, gotquestions.org. Absolutely. But yeah, that, I mean, all of that is packed yeah. in that statement. And I love that too, because that that passage, and I don't want to preach a sermon that you're going to be preaching, but that passage is an incredible picture of the gospel ladder. Um, because as he's calling Moses to do those things, Moses begins to give him all the reasons he couldn't do it. And God just kind of shures up for him. So um, the reasons he could do it, because he's right. God and we're not. But I love that. So um as we're looking at this, I am a right view of Jesus. Um, I guess my next question to the person listening, to the person thinking about coming to this series, or maybe just to the person trying to follow Jesus today, um, still on that gospel ladder thing, because I think that this is an important piece that somehow we continue to find ourselves back at often. What, in your opinion or in your um, experience, why do you think we so easily turn to climbing rather than trusting? The fact that God flows Good. from top to bottom, like what yeah. do you, in our tendencies, yeah. why is it easier for me to understand Jesus the way I want to, rather than the way that the Bible teaches him to be? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Does that make yep. sense? Yeah. yeah, I do. I think it's because in every other human relationship, in every other human endeavor, you're judged by your performance. I mean, I think it's, I mean, you pick at school, you know, the way we grade people. And this isn't to say we shouldn't grade people. Yeah, you got to get grades. Um, in sports, I mean, can you imagine if it was like, Hey, look, man, you know, the Super Bowl coming up, uh, at least the time of this recording. And, uh, it's like chiefs, Eagles, just let's, you know what? We just want to see your identity. <laughs> we don't care about score. Right. Heck no. We want a winner and a loser, yeah. you know? And I don't even know if I'm going to watch it because my bangles got the shaft. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, um, Come on. And it wasn't that little out of bounds deal, whatever. He, dude, <laughs> Mahomes did a, a World Cup soccer level flop. And that's a soccer player talking right here. That was, but that's, that's not where it was. Right. I'm talking about the phantom do over down yeah. a couple plays before. See, I'm talking your language right here. No, I'm with you. But every other endeavor in our life, and it, it, even in our friendships, mm-hmm. you know, um, rarely are friendships completely unconditional. Um, you know, I try to love my spouse and my children unconditionally, mm-hmm. but we hurt each other, yeah. you know, and, and, and we change, mm-hmm. uh, we change in our behavior. And so, you know, if I were just to, well, every relationship is based on perform. You perform well, you get paid. Yep. You perform well, you get the job. You perform well, um, when you're dating, she says yes, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and this, this isn't based on that. So it's alien to us. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think you're hitting the, I think it's easier because I think it's terrifying to know that there's something out there that loves me no matter what, because one, I've never experienced it. But two, I think it's, it's because we want to be able to manage that relationship. Because oh, at yeah. the end of the day, that's, I mean. So you think it's control. Right. It's a control issue because that's, I mean, that's what we're all doing in the midst of our, whenever I'm dating my wife, right? Or, and this isn't, people are going to hear stuff I'm not saying, but whatever. You do all the things, right? Why? Because I'm trying to manage that to be a good relationship. So I'm going to check all the boxes. Yeah. And so I think that that spews into our relationship with Jesus. And sometimes it's out of a really good heart. Right, like I love taking my wife on dates, but at the end of the day, when I get down to the core of it, why? Because I want to have a good marriage. Yeah. But I think that in our relationship with Jesus, it's not wrong to do the things, but the reason you're doing them, I think sometimes exactly the motive behind it. Yeah. And so I think that's that's a big piece of it. Is it's that whole? I mean, Foster talks about all the time, like my obedience equals God's obligation, and it's just so foreign to us to think that there might be a God out there that loves me no matter what. Yeah. Right, and and I think that it's. it's terrifying to an extent. Um, it's confusing to an extent, but I think that that's why he's God and we're not. And that's what makes him a God. It's because it's not a performance-based thing. It's because, no, he is a creator. He is a, He's done all these things, and he's mm. provided us an avenue to join him in that. And it's one that isn't earn it. It's one that isn't gain it. Mm. It's one that isn't climb it. It's a surrender. Right. And that's so, 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 so foreign to our culture, to our world today is one of like, I'm going to trust you that this is true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that because it, to an extent, if I don't control it, how do I know it to be true? 
Right. Because in my experience, right, the things that I know to be true that are the things that I can manage, put my hands on, and I can make it happen. Yeah. But there's an avenue of faith that is, I'm just going to surrender this, and I'm just going to believe and trust that if I surrender, that all of this is going to be true. Yeah. And uh, But I think that the moment those things, like those ideas of surrender and faith and trust um, become, I, I don't like the word easier, but I'm going to use it, um, easier is when you know him. Yeah. And so if you That's have a, relational. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's that whole piece of if you don't know who Jesus is and this is just things that you're hearing, that seems like the dumbest idea ever. But as you continue to spend time in the book, continue to allow his spirit to, to dwell and to expose you to him in your life, that's where I think we start to see like those avenues of faith and trust become more and more um, accessible or they become easier to see because we know him better, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, so, it does. Because that's, that's why I love the fact that we're just kind of this whole series is just a breakdown of this is who Jesus is. Yeah. This is who he says he is. And we're just going to spend time on that because as, as a church body, if we can know who Jesus is, um, it's essentially the gospel ladder. If we can know who he is, man, how much better will we be at knowing who we are and what we're doing? Exactly. Rather than it flowing the other direction. And I just love that because I think that as we look at um, avenues like serving, as we look at avenues like giving, which you just did an awesome sermon on, speaking it into existence. No, uh, but but I think as we look at these different um, spiritual um, disciplines, if you will, these things that we uh, participate in as believers, as we look at things like communion, as we look at missions and outreach, um, all of this different stuff, going to a Bible study, the better understanding we have of Jesus, the more fruitful and the better understanding we'll have in those places. Yeah. I think that, and that's why I'm excited about this series because I'm hoping that it serves as kind of like a launching point for our church as, no, now we know who Jesus is. And now that we can see that clearly, it's cleared up this idea of performance, but that's when you can really start getting after it. Because mm-hmm. I think about my own life, right? There were the, I didn't really know who Jesus was, but I knew that I kind of knew him. So, but I was in performance-based mode and that's led to burnout, exhaustion, um, leaving ministry, all this stuff. And now I think about where I'm at currently. I'm not perfect by any means, just ask my wife, but um, but I'm busier than I've ever been. Um, I'm producing and preaching more content than I ever have, but for some reason, I'm not as tired as I was. And I think, right, and like I said, I'm not Mm -hmm. perfect. I talk to Tim a lot, guys. (laughs) But I think it's because over the years, I've been exposed more and more to who Jesus actually is and what that looks like serving him in the midst of all that. And I would hope that that can become true for our the life of our church. You think some of that comes out, too, from, you know, you said you're doing more than you've ever done, but you have how how do you say that you have the energy to do it yeah it's energy. sorry you went on a tear there and i, right. I had like no. 15 thoughts it's and i was good. like D- D- but it was so good i want to stop it like you have energy and i'm wondering does that come from desire and delight yeah exactly and i think that's like the, you're in the sweet spot right and i think that and it, like i said uh definitely i don't want people to hear this become a britain's doing a lot podcast no but, no 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 but it is one that is there's this this delight there's this hunger there's a desire because it's like guys i'm finally I haven't arrived, but I'm seeing glimpses right. of what actually knowing who Jesus is. And now it's stirring up this thing in me of like, I have to tell as many people as I can. Because and everything in your story was performance-based. 110%. Like, yeah. I mean, pre any of that, I was serving at this church and people can go listen to my church. No, I'm story, going all the way back to your childhood, down to the, sports, oh, 100%. you know, all the things. Child yeah. of divorce. Yep. Um, which parent's going to love me more? Well, whichever one I behave better at their house. Then start playing sports. Um, I go to a, I'm in the South. It's real football. No right offense, Northern Michigan. Yeah. But I mean, like our donut shop, like there was literally on Saturday morning after a game, we either avoid the donut shop like the plague because the old dudes will cuss at you for losing or you go in there because they'll buy your breakfast. Yeah. And so it's, no, we got to do this. Um, now I go to college and it was just this whole thing of if I can check all these boxes, do all these things, even relationships that I had. Um, there was at the end of the day, this like deep down fear of if I'm not who people want me to be then maybe they won't actually love me. And that spewed into my ministry life as well. It spewed into my friendships and the community that I was a part of too because at the end of the day, what I was doing was because I didn't understand who Jesus was, I wasn't allowing myself to be my true self. So I actually I, – I was in community, but I didn't have community, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I had a bunch yeah. of people around me that had no clue who I was. And then when crap hits the fan, it shame starts to boil up, all this stuff, and it's because I just have a 
I've, I've missed the mark of what's actually happening. And so what does that do? Oh, I'm just going to move. Yeah. I'm going to run. I it, I must have to get as far away from this as I can rather than to deal with it. So you said something a few minutes ago uh, when you were talking about, uh, to tie it back to the I am, that yeah. there's this unchanging God who is unchanging in his love towards me. And this will probably come out in a sermon, so people might be hearing this again, but right. that's okay because we have built-in forgetters, yep. right? Um, I was shocked because I made a little aside. I'm going back to that freeze-out weekend mm-hmm. when I saw, wow, I need to talk about this performance-based stuff and this unchanging character and nature of mm-hmm. God that determines what he does, that determines who I am. Yeah. And then th- what flows out of that is delight and desire, not yeah. duty and discipline. And so I made the statement, do you know how much God loves you? And, you know, everybody's just mm-hmm. like blank faces. Right. And then I kind of got their attention, use whatever gimmicks that we use to do whatever. And then I said, I want you to think about this for a second. Most of us will go, yeah, of course God loves me. God so loved the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I also love tacos. I love right. this. You know, I love that. Um, and we're, you know, we're told to love our enemies. Well, if I'm an enemy of God, God loves me. And then it was like, hang on. If God's love is perfect and his steadfast love uh, is the best love, if he defines love, then check out this idea. God not only loves you, he likes you. Mm. You know, I told him, listen, there's people in my own extended family, you know, second cousin twice removed that I love because there's nothing thicker than blood in their family. Of course, you're supposed to love, you know, whatever. But I don't like them. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a reason some of us avoid family reunions. I mean, there's <laughs> I mean, I'm not. And if you're a member of my family, I'm not talking about you. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> we don't know. But we all have people we love and right. like. You know, you love somebody, but like. It was one of those moments looking at. You know, 450 students, mostly Baptists, not that it has anything to do with it, right. but I mean, they're squared away and, you know, they're learning the Bible. They all had Bibles out and notes. And it, like people are like not registered, I mean, blown away, yeah. like shocked, like mm-hmm. I just swore on stage. Right. And so I just stayed there for No, he really likes you. He likes your personality. He likes what you look like. Mm. I mean, he made you. You're fearfully right. and wonderful. And we went on this whole thing about like that he really, really I mean, that's part of the unchanging character and nature right. of God. He, you don't create something and then not like what you made. Mm-hmm. He made you. He likes you. Yeah. He loves you. Okay, but but we got used to that. He likes you. And then going back to what you were saying about this whole performance-based thing and how this flows out of the great I am, who isn't just the God of the Old Testament. He's the same God in the New Testament. God in flesh is Jesus, and he's— he, he he gave us more descriptions on I am what, and, and he had all these statements. But I see two responses that people have to that performance-based thing that yep. you were describing. And sometimes you do one or the other, and sometimes you do both at different yep. times. One is, well, I didn't measure up or I don't feel it. I don't feel loved. I don't feel liked, so I'm going to work harder. Mm-hmm. And that's the pure definition of the performance-based Christianity. There's this hideous machine. I was telling you about it, that freaking Jacob's oh, yeah, ladder yeah. at the at the YMCA. Mm-hmm. And uh it's uh for those of you who haven't seen it, it's like this ladder um it's that's on a 45 degree angle. It's a treadmill ladder. It's a treadmill ladder yeah. and it never stops. But I was there with Matt Hughes, executive producer, and uh we were trying to figure it out, and we didn't want to ask, you know, right. oh, if you'll ask the helpful, why? I don't want to help. I, I'm not going to ask the blue shirts. Right. I'm an athlete. We're going to figure this out. <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, you're supposed to put this thing around your waist, and there's a cable attached yeah, to the bottom. Pulling it. And it's and so if you go at a certain rhythm, it, I mean, it's hard enough. Yep. But if you're like, oh, I want to go faster, the faster you go, the harder it gets. Yep. And I'm like, this thing is sadistic. Yes. And it lasts about five minutes like, that thing is stupid. You know, well, some people, that's how they are with their performance is if I do more, it'll define who I am more. And then that'll determine what God does. But the problem is, is God's unchanging. And so if his loving, and I'm going to throw in here, his liking is unchanging, it doesn't impact that. So one response is to work harder. People get exhausted. Sooner or later, you get shattered. Mm -hmm. And so the other response is I'm not going to try at all. Right. And we get full of shame. And, and one of the best stories um, that, uh, that came out of that weekend 
is, you know, a lot of people want to talk to you and they want to, hey, how do I keep in touch? Mm-hmm. I got questions. Or, you know, sometimes if, if it's a immature middle school or teenager, you know, they just want to cry or they just want yeah. your autograph or something like, what are you doing? You right. know, this very genuine, very earnest senior in high school. Get this picture. Uh, I think her name. Well, I won't say her name. Right. Um, but, uh, well, she doesn't care. She said her name in front of everybody. Her name's Audrey. Mm-hmm. And her small group leader had said, hey, this girl really needs to talk to you. I think you want to hear this. And so, yeah, how daughter of a pastor and a missionary, double trouble. This sovereign, unchanging God, as it just so happens, she's at this event where she's hearing from preacher dude that went to the mission field at the same age she went to the mission field in Mexico, came back the same age that she came back from Mexico in her middle teens and was struggling because she was the only member of her family that wasn't saved. Hmm. Senior in high school, preacher kid, missionary kid. And I was, and, and, and she wanted me to know I gave my life to Christ last night. Hmm. Amen. And I'm like, awesome. And we talked yeah. and it's some personal things. And then I was like, what was it for you? And it was, I'm paraphrasing here. Hmm. I saw the performance thing. I knew I didn't measure up, not to my older siblings, Mm. not to my parents, not to my father. And I was so full of shame, I didn't even try. Mm. Who could love me? I know the bad stuff that I've done. And uh, I'm just not going to give God my yes. Yeah. And so so that was so powerful because – you know, and, 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 and there were some other cool stories. Like she actually, you know, she was challenged by her small, cause I didn't met this girl right. till, till we're leaving. Yeah. You know, she said on the last night, um, I, I was challenged to ask God, God, if you can deal with me right where I am, then I'll know mm-hmm. that who you are is really who you say you are and that you want to meet me right where I am or mm-hmm. where she was with Shane. As a late addition on Saturday night, I, I wrote on my little sermon notes Man, I'm going to make sure right there to talk about shame and in capital letters I wrote mm. shame. So like the second thing out of my n- mouth was, hey, you know what I want to talk about tonight? Shame. Mm. And she was gone. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. You right. know that. Yeah. I know that. I want the listeners to know that, mm-hmm. that God answered that prayer. 100%. And it, 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 it all had to do with that second response yep. to performing. Yeah. And what she needed here is there's an unchanging God that determines what he does, that determines who you are, mm-hmm. and that determines what you do. And yeah. all she had to do is get to a place where, okay, God, you have my life, you have my yes. And she got saved. Right. You know? 100%. I think about like just even like in the school systems, like you look like there's two students, right? There's the one that grinds it out. Yes. They're going to perform. They're going to do it all straight A's. And then you've got these kids that frustrate the crap out of teachers because they're extremely capable, but they never try. Yeah. And as I've gotten older and I know kids like both, right, and you look and you're like, oh, it's because they're scared they can't. So they'd rather just not try and look like a f- – then tr- they'd rather not try and be cool or have a, this excuse than try and maybe it doesn't work out for them. And I right. think that that's exactly what you're talking about. It's exactly – People it- plugging in and, uh, to the church, people – Chasing after Jesus, giving him their yes, is what that's what it boils down to. Is it's this thing of like, what if I fail? And I think that that's where we have that mis, um, misinterpreted picture of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is we forget the fact that he not only rose from the grave and defeated Satan, sin, and death, but he's seated on the throne at the right hand of God, which is a perfect picture of finished mm-hmm. work. Tetelestai, it is finished. And so I think for the listener and for the people that are going to attend this series is the more we can get to know Jesus, the more we can get to get to the realization that we literally can't. We can't. We can't without him and we can't with him. We can't do it without him and we can't fail with him. Yeah. And I think that that is such a key piece because there's so many moments, right, whether it's um, in being a husband. <laughs> Um, I imagine in being a father or um, being a grandpa that there are these kind of these like moments, right? And I could go into all the ones of being a pastor and being a ministry leader, but most of the people listen to this aren't. And so, but I think about all those places in my life where it's like, I would be the worst at this without <laughs> Jesus. I, Dude, I would be the worst ever possible husband if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. Because I'm potentially, right? I'm up there. In without Christ, probably one of the most selfish people you'll ever meet. Don't give a crap about most things. Manipulator, all this stuff. But with him, I get to see the fact that I can be a good husband. 
And in the moments, this is the cool thing about knowing who Jesus is. When I'm sucking it up, I know it's probably because I'm not being like Jesus <laughs> or, or, or allowing the character that he has overflow. Looks like you got something dialed up over here. Yeah, there was something that you just said that maybe or that kind of made me remember is it's it's in Romans chapter one, um where where it says, um, for in it or sorry, it says in sixteen, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written the just will live by faith. And from, from, that little, um, um, from that little verse is where we get this concept that, um, that salvation is from God. Like, like I'm sure you've heard this before, this idea that salvation is from God um, from first to last, hmm. that it's all his work. Yeah. You know, mine is an agreement with him. Yep. That's me giving him my yes. Yeah. And so um, getting off the ladder, you know, to go back to your original question, it's funny. We started with the I am and we right. are we are multiple, like like we just got lost in the Grand Rapids Mall. Oh, yeah. You know, when our yeah. wife was like, hey, we'll right. meet you at the food court. And then all of a sudden we're down an alley in another alley right. and I don't even want to be in the mall in the first place, right? Here's the key thing is I was definitely in the food court. <laughs> <laughs> but – but back to the two responses, I'm, I'm thinking about the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. Both of them wanted to get something from God mm-hmm. – or sorry, from their father. Yeah. And, and the father in the story represents God, Jesus, and, and we're the sons, and I've been both sons. Yep. But both of the sons were trying to manipulate or control their father to get what they want. The young son was like, I can't do this. I'm not performing anymore. Yeah. I'm out. Yep. Give, me my, give me what I want. Right. And so he was just like, I want to do my own thing. I want to spend, you know, and he wasted, of course, the fortune on, Mm -hmm. you know, wild living, you know. Um, But he didn't understand who his father was. Mm -hmm. He didn't understand. And that's like so many of us, we don't understand who God is. Mm -hmm. And so we think, well, if I come begging back and groveling back, and it's like, listen, I'm not even worthy. If I come into one of these campuses in Manistee or in Buckley, the whole place, because I'm not even worthy. Right. You know, not knowing that there's a God that's going to put his ring on your finger, his robe on your back, slaughter the fatted calf and said, my son was lost, but now he's found. He was mm-hmm. dead, but now he's alive. Right. So that's the response. Mm-hmm. The older son, same thing, except the older son was on that Jacob's ladder. He was performing, trying to do what? What was his complaint when he heard about the party? Mm-hmm. I've been here slaving away, performing. Look at me. Slave in a way, that's my performance and my identity. And you haven't even given me so much as this or this to celebrate with my friends. And then this wicked son of yours comes back. Both of them wanted the loot. Both of them wanted the stuff. They were just going about it different ways. Whereas neither one of them understood who their father was, that he was unchanging, his love was unconditional. And I imagine he loved them both. They were two very different personalities. He liked them both, mm-hmm. but we've got to come to the end of ourselves, you know, in order for that to happen. So, no, for sure. And I think about even when Jesus calls Peter, and uh, they're in the boat, and he goes, "I'm going to make you," and he performs a miracle. They make mm-hmm. catch all the fish, and Peter's immediate response is, "You've got to get away from me." Yes, yeah. go away from yeah. me. I'm a sinful I'm a, man. I'm a wicked man, and I think that that's just so often that that's where we find ourselves. But uh, back to the I am piece. Do you want to tease out uh, maybe sure. a little bit of a? Uh, Sure. What we're going to talk about, kind of some of these statements, obviously not preach the sermons, but just so people can know this is what you're going to show up to. So Yeah, but that's all right. I mean, we can right. we can even talk about like even introduce people to what some idea like like we because yep. you and I haven't jumped deep into right. the study of yep. these yet. So there's seven different declarative statements, and then there's at least two other places where he uses a statement to say I am. Mm-hmm. But the first one in John six, uh Jesus uh makes the statement that I am the bread of life. Mm-hmm. And um which is interesting because to associate the I am that I am, the eternal present, the eternal now, yeah. from from his, you know, the ancient of days to all of eternity, yeah. he is the eternal present. He's unchanging. But then in Christ, he stands up before these people and says, I am the bread of life. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things when you get into the context, they've just been talking about Moses, mm-hmm. which it does connect it to 
with the first, me- like the very first message of the series, we're going to look at Exodus chapter three when he yep. first spoke to Moses, and then we're going to skip all the rest of the Old Testament. From Exodus, we're going to go all the way to John, yep. the fourth biography, right? The fourth gospel, where now G- or God in flesh says, I am the bread of life. Hmm. Well, uh, what do we know about the children of Israel in the wilderness? Right. There wasn't any food. Mm-hmm. Fill it in. Yeah. Where was God, the food? God brings, he delivers the manna. The manna. To, yeah. So yeah. he provides. He's making these connections. Yep, absolutely. You know, the same way I provided for your bellies. And this also uh, in in John chapter six, right after it's right after he feeds the five thousand. Yep. You know, yeah. they're they're like, uh, uh, give us some more of this bread. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. know if that's how they spoke right. at all. You yeah. know, give us more of this bread. And he's like, you don't get it. I'm yep. the bread of life. Yeah. And so and he's that, pointing to something more than just physical bread. Sorry. Right. And I think too, that's where some of the and then we'll tease this out as well in the sermon. I think based off who I know who's preaching, I'm sure he'll talk about this. But uh, but there's this point in that where Jesus points to the fact that he's not just one that provides provision, blessing, and miracles, but he's one in which to find life completely. And there's yes. the disciples that say, these teachings are hard. Yes. I'm out. Yes. I can't do this. If, if, if I can perform, maybe he'll do that other right. trick again. Yep. If we ask nicely, maybe we'll have yep. another feeding again. And yeah. he's saying, no, that was just your yep. belly. Yeah. What about your soul? Yeah. These teachings yeah. are hard. Yeah. And so I think that that – I love that piece of it. And then the second one that we'll jump uh, into is he says that I'm the light of the world. And so, um, yeah, I'm yeah. excited about that one. I think that one's just – right now with young adults, we're studying um, First John, which mm-hmm. – uh, Fun fact, same guy. <laughs> and so, but I love the picture in First John that it continues to communicate this picture of Jesus being light to the world, that in, in him there is no darkness. Right. And I think that for us, especially as young adults, it's important for us to to see and to remember that because it can be hard um, to, to, to know that completely because we just live in a dark place. Um, and I continuously remind them of the other thing that John wrote in his gospel in John 10.10 where he says um, – the, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came so we can have life and life abundantly. And so it talks about, like, so what is this this light and darkness and the separation between the two? We have to have a right understanding of that uh, because I think that it's key that as we look at living for Jesus um, or living with him, whatever, that we have an understanding of what it actually means to exist in the light, of who mm-hmm. the light is, and that there is no darkness in him. And then it continues. Um, John really well, unpacks the, that. Yeah, the, the 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 really cool thing about light and you know i did this back in the right. back in the day when i was a when i was a student ministries pastor is we cut off every light in the old firehouse here mm. which is where foundry had its roots and um i mean i even blacked out the exit sign yep. don't tell the fire marshal <laughs> uh wait wait i think i think i'm far enough away from that yeah. i'm old yeah. old enough that statute you know, of limitations statute of limitations but just killed every light that we could and we were trying to make the point, and I had a match. Yep. And I lit a match. And we went from absolute blackness, darkness, couldn't yep. see your hand in front of your face, to all of a sudden, you could see the first couple of rows. Hmm. And um, it was one of the rare moments where there was actually dead quiet. Yeah. And the whole point was, you can go in the darkest closet, mm-hmm. you light a match, light always chases away darkness. Yep. Now, this is where the metaphor falls apart, or not metaphor falls apart. This is the one kind of Achilles heel in, yep. in it. So when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, it isn't just that, hey, knowing Jesus kind of lights my way. Right. You know, it just kind of brings, yeah, it is. But he says he is the light. It's in the person of him, mm-hmm. which is that's where this series in my own pre-study, because I kind of said it, you know, and we didn't mention this, but one of the things I'm super excited about, just the nature of schedules and the nature of, you know, kind of where we are as a church and a staff right now, we're going to hear from a lot of different voices. This is just John's voice. We're going to hear from your voice. We're going to have the the man, the myth, the legend, Adam Sharp. He's going to make his rookie a first appearance. Yeah, it's going to be, you heard it here first. Oh, don't do it, man. You're going to freak him out. An outstanding speaker. We're here from Adam. We're going to hear from Seth and Martin. We're going to hear from Tim. We're going to hear from the team, right? But one of the things just in the pre-study that has jumped out to me is I think I've looked at all the I am statements way too surface. Mm. It's like, yeah, well, he kind of lights my way. You know, he kind of is a light in the darkness, some good feelings. And and there was another time he told me to be light. Mm -hmm. But if you start thinking about, no, he embodies light. Like you said, in him there's no darkness at all. It, it, it's, 
it's more than enlightening what I do. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's enlightening who I am. Yeah. And if he says he loves and likes me, I need to pay attention. He brings light to my soul so then I can fulfill what he said. Was, was yeah. it in the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah. Where Matthew 5, I think Matthew 5, I think you guys preach it, 5 or 6, yeah. where he says, you are the light yeah, of the city world. Yeah, built on a hill. It's not meant, yeah. Can't the only it. way I'm the light of the world is if the light's in me. Yeah. And I think, you know? too, that that aspect of light really comes to shed. Um, where's the darkness in your life and where? how are you allowing that light to be more than just a lifestyle that you live, but it's something that infiltrates the deepest parts of your life. And I think that's where we begin to see shame get destroyed. Mm-hmm. We begin to see lies revealed to truth. And I, I yeah, I'm with you. I won't. Well, there's a, there's a, there's another thing in that same chapter. Cause mm-hmm. that's John eight, where we do the light of the world. And this is, uh, you know, if you Google seven, I am statements of the gospel of John, you'll get seven. Well, I'm here to tell you there's at least nine. Right. <laughs> and one of them is like a double dip in chapter eight, because after he says he's the light of the world, they knew what he was saying because mm-hmm. they get in an argue with him. Yep. And if, and, and there's references to the old Testament where it talks about God being the light of the world, and then when he comes in and says he's the light of the world, now they're in an argument, yep. and they start going back and forth, and it culminates in uh, verse fifty-eight, chapter eight, verse fifty-eight, where Jesus shuts down the argument because they were saying we we have no father but Abraham, and mm-hmm. and he was like, no, your father's the devil, and they're going back and yeah. forth, and then you know they're trying to prove their kind of Jewish credentials, yep. and then he says to them, before Abraham was. I am. And they get so ticked, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him. And because that statement, you know, and I go back to what I was saying before, you know, there's people all the time was like, you know, Jesus is kind of a groovy hippie. He's got some really good teachings, but he's not the only way. And I'm reminded of what C.S. Lewis said about, um, about Jesus. Look, he's only one of three things. He's either your Lord and Savior, like you believe these statements, that the I am, the great I am, this God that we believe in, God of the Old Testament, God of the New, or he's a liar, and he's the worst kind of liar because he promised people things that he could never Mm -hmm. deliver on. He's Or he's a complete lunatic. Those are your only options, Mm -hmm. and but nowhere in the argument is good teacher. Uh, He's just a really exceptional teacher. You know, and this is one of those statements because yeah. when he said before Abraham was, I am, he was claiming to be God. Yeah, and those are the moments that we see um, in all of the biographies of Jesus um, that, that are the, go- the Gospels. But that's where we see – that's why they killed him. It yes. was those statements. Yes. It wasn't that he fed 5,000. It wasn't that he showed up and healed the dude at the bathtub. No, they wanted more of that. Fa- exactly, but it was because he said things like – I'm God. What did what did, what did Herod ask for? You know, in right. the trials of Jesus, he was before Pilate. Pilate didn't want to deal with him. Sent him to Herod, and Herod. What was the first thing he w- he was like? Do a miracle. Yeah, right. He didn't want to hear any of his teachings. Trick. He didn't even want to know his identity. Yep. Yeah. He said, "Do it performance based yep, stuff." Exactly. And so I think that that's that's good. And then the third one, um, the gate, the door. Um, yes. The fact says, that I am the gate. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that because. I mean, in my own kind of Christian upbringing Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's impossible to absorb everything. I mean, you Mm -hmm. try. I I mean, we read the Bible personally and then we read it for study and we read it for a class and then Mm -hmm. we go wash, rinse, and repeat. And I think that when I would say, oh, yeah, you know, Jesus said, I am the door, I am the gate. Sometimes I confuse that when he said, uh, you know, the narrow way and the wide way and all all that kind of stuff. But I started thinking about door and gate. And I started thinking about the door and the gate in my own house. Mm-hmm. What is that for? Well, at night, we shut that door and we lock it, mm-hmm. even in Bucktucky. Yep. You know, don't come knocking late at night because <laughs> Benji's going to go. No, whatever. <laughs> you know, we got a dog. We got some other lines of defense here, you know. But the first line of defense is the door. Yep. And so I started thinking about that, about how Jesus offers us protection, yeah. peace, security, um, from the dangers of life. Yeah. doesn't mean perfect, though, right. because people – Again, if if Jesus is a door, then the only thing or, – or, sorry, if Jesus is a door, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to get sick. No one's going to be mean to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Nothing bad's going to happen. Right. No. Mm-hmm. He is the door. Yep. So he is the protection when all that bad stuff happens. Yeah. And so the whole way through, it's it's looking like you said about the identity of God himself. Absolutely. Yeah. And the fourth one, he says, I am the good shepherd. Um, and I think that that is uh, – yeah, yeah, what do you think about that one? Yeah, yeah I just think – I think that whenever we look at um, 
like a shepherd, we think about us being obviously the sheep or people that follow Jesus being the sheep. And I think about a good shepherd is one that provides. Um, he takes care and uh, he protects as kind of as we break down. And I think it was um, – I don't remember when we talked about it. I've been here long enough now that I'm forgetting stuff. It's probably about two years ago when we the talked sermon. about Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, and we talked yeah. about all the Maybe different the things. Series, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a uh, Christmas Eve, I think. Oh, or okay. Christmas. But uh, but it talks about break. I remember you found all this stuff that shepherds do and what it, like actually like the anointing of the head with oil and all that stuff in Psalm 23 that it breaks down. But I think when we look at that, like a good shepherd is more than one that just protects the sheep. Yeah, he provides care. He makes sure that they're. Um, protected. He provides guidance, right? He's going to take them into the good grass. He's going to mm. get them out of the bad grass. He's going to make sure that they're in a space where they can be. And so I just think that in all or of the, that. Or, the, or that thing, like, dude, when you started saying that, remember, right. there's some sheep when they fall over, they can't get up. Right. They're like a turtle. Right. They, they, yep. and the shepherd, I mean, there's you a. You posted sur- that thing on Facebook. You see that thing on Facebook? Oh, yeah, where the sheep Very gets few out people of it, runs, got it. jumps back in. Well, sheep are stupid. Right. I mean, same. Let's be honest. He loves us and yeah. he likes us, yeah. but sheep are stupid. Yep. And, you know, when I was thinking about the shepherd, I was actually thinking about your experience, like your very first message at the tabernacle when you were like, I hate cows. <laughs> because how much cows so or how much work they're, they take. Yeah, they're the dumbest animals on the planet, but man, Ex- and Except for maybe sheep. Right. Because yeah, I think true. they, well, neither of us are farmers. Right. <laughs> You're in ministry for a reason, yes, right? Absolutely. But both of them require so much work. So mm-hmm. when we hear about the good shepherd in regards to sheep, like I, I was just thinking about how much work it takes yes. and how much the shepherd does for yeah. and sheep. Don't taste near as good as cows. Oh, steak. Mm. Lamb's pretty good though. Eh, it depends on who makes it. It's true. And now I want to go to Texas Day Brazil. Uh, Tech, oh, we're going again. <laughs> we're coming for you, Beg. Uh, Alistair Beg. We're coming uh, for you. The fifth one: the resurrection and the life. Um, let you break that one down. Well, here's the deal. That 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 one I'm thankful is a little ways out mm-hmm. because there's a new thought. There's a new melody ro- rolling around in my head with this message. When I say melody, I'm not going to sing. I'm not talking about that. But it's- One of the number one rules on the podcast. No singing. In world. <laughs> <laughs> no singing on the podcast. And I At learned don't, don't like bring the little iPhone up and play your song because then we have, you know, we have to bleep it out because of rights and stuff. But um, yeah, when he says the resurrection and the life- this is the melody for that message rolling around in my head is that our hope is not an event in an event, but in a person. So good. Yeah. In a person. And it's, again, because we're performance-based creatures. This is why I first got saved. Yep. If I, if I give my life to Jesus and pray this prayer, I'm going to go to heaven and mm-hmm. I'm going to be guaranteed resurrection. And so my hope was in something for me. Yeah. But this flips it. If he says, I am the resurrection and the life, that's then and it's now. Yep. Resurrection when I die or the, the end of all things or wherever that is. But when he says, I'm the resurrection and the life, that means in him there's life right now. And yeah. so that, no, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to kind of do some out loud processing with some bros. If I, and and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm on for that one or not. Yeah. But yeah. The sixth one, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, I, I love. Yeah, that's like the classic one. Like, right. like people yeah. are probably most familiar with They've that. They've heard one. it. Yeah. Right, yeah. But we don't like it. Oh, no, we don't you like know what it. I mean, it's one of those ones that uh, it's easy to quote when we agree with whatever the situation we're applying it to. But uh, it's not as fun that Jesus is that thing when it comes to my life, uh, yes. my patterns, my sin. Because um, I want attitude. my way. Right. I want my truth as I understand it, yep. and this is my life. Yep. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so it's probably set up one, for you. It probably, probably has to, to do stand with, on toes. <laughs> <laughs> it probably has to say, "How do you make him the way, the truth, and life?" It involves right. one word. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Your way, your truth, mm. your life. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I won't give you the whole back backstory on this, but you know, we as a church have been. You know, we're looking at uh, joining. Uh, a non-denomination denomination, yep. the Evangelical Free Church of America. And so if Meeting you're- li- February 19th. Yes, be the there. Very, in, in fact, maybe we'll do a podcast about it. Yeah. But um, the most critical part about joining this association is uh, in order to make us stronger mm-hmm. is our statement of faith. Yep. And we have a very, very, very good statement of faith at our church. And if you're wondering why I'm just saying very good, it's because we edited what we already had about 15 years ago. The whole congregation voted on it. So we've been deep 
deep, deep, deep in theology. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all the pastors got theology books. We've given them to the board. We're going through it with a fine tooth comb. And I've come up with the opinion that their statement of faith actually makes ours stronger. Mm-hmm. So if we were to, you know, uh, you know, if we vote yes on, on this and we actually take their state, statement of faith and become a part of that organization, we will have a rock solid, as yep. you can get, trying to put God words in writing right. and all that kind of stuff. It is strong. But as I was thinking about that, I've at the same time been in all these conversations. I've been in several conversations with, man, do you really believe this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's because we're in 1 Corinthians, like we're just finishing up 1 yeah. Corinthians right now. And I was reminded of a lyric from an old song from a guy named Rich Mullins. And uh, it was one of his hits, and it, it was called Creed. I don't know if you ever heard it. It was actually redone. It's been redone before. Probably the best redo was by a band called Third Day, mm-hmm. uh, where one of their live shows they did. You know, this song's written by the late. No great. singing. I'm not singing. Rich okay. Mullins, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to sing it. But I'm going to give you the basic thing. The song goes: I believe in God the Father, yeah. Almighty Maker of heaven mm-hmm. and Maker of earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, our Lord. Yeah. And and it's kind of like a smash of the Apostles' yep. Creed and the original one, Rich Mullins with a you know hammer dulcimer, and then in right. the second one with Third Day, it's like yeah. Gizzo anthem rock. But the line in it that's not from the Apostles' Creed stuck with me. Hmm. He said, "No, I did not make it. No, it is making me." Hmm. It is the very truth of God and not the invention of any man. Hmm. And so as I'm thinking of all this stuff, all this stuff I'm reading and digesting about theology and getting it squared away, and I'm even thinking about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. I didn't make that up. Mm-hmm. I didn't make up the truth about God who came in flesh to offer himself as a sacrifice on a cross. In 1 Corinthians, there's some things that are hard to swallow. And I found myself telling one friend, I find myself between the rock in the hard place of my faith in God and the unchanging nature of his word. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the middle. And uh, that line came to my head. I didn't make this up. Mm -hmm. It's making me. It's forming me. And so the same way with the way and the truth and the life, so many people, myself included, we come to faith and it's like, well, if I like this, I'll accept it. Right. If I like this, well, then I'll be Christian. If I like this, well, then I'll perform more. And it's like, no, I didn't make him, mm-hmm. you know, to go back to the gospel ladder, who God is, mm-hmm. what God does, who I am, that's making me. Mm-hmm. And out of that is the very truth of God, not the invention of any man. That's what I'm going to delight yeah, and desire in. Good. And I don't, I don't know, man. Dude, I just felt like Bono there for a minute. <laughs> not not in the ability to sing or right. the cool factor. Um, just in the he's always talking about melodies in his head. <laughs> you know, love it. Whatever that's about. Uh, and then the uh, the second to last installment, um, and we won't t- tease out the last one because people have to come to Easter to find out. Yeah. Um, but the second to last is "I am the true vine," and so uh, break that down. Well, that's in that, you know, John from like John chapter 15 to 17, John devotes like three chapters to Jesus' last words at the Last Supper, after the Last Supper. And dude, those are hard to preach yeah, because it's a long speech yeah, and then it's a long prayer. Yep. But he talks about being the true vine mm. and later on he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Um. And then he starts talking about abide in me. Hmm. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, you know, when we had our good friend Foster Christie on here, and we're going to have him on again. He Soon. loves, Yeah, he loves to talk abide. You know, that old word abide. Yep. You know? So when he's the true vine, uh, he's the source of life. Um, there's that relationship connection. Mm-hmm. It also keeps us, us in our place. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just a little branch. He's the main trunk. Right. And I might produce a fruit, but I don't produce fruit by gripping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I've ticked some church people off before when we talk about being the vine and producing fruit. You can't produce fruit like, I'm going to produce really hard. Yeah. You know, and then they start going places in their mind. What what are you, you know, what are you trying to crank out there? Right. You know, fruit either happens through the connection Mm -hmm. or it doesn't. Right. Especially lasting fruit. Lasting Because fruit. there's uh, artificial fruit that, um, I mean, in my own experience that 
I've mustered up the energy, courage, and ideas to create something, right? But then it didn't. And I can do it. You can do it. I've seen us do it. And the end all of it is shambles, uh, defeat. But Mm -hmm. there's something about lasting fruit, and that's been um, a big picture or a big thing that I've learned um, over the years um, of being a Christian, of serving in ministry, because for some reason – that are the same amount of time. Uh, and so, but that's something I learned early on was it's really easy to create my own fruit, um, but not if I want to see it last. And so that was, that was a big piece. So, so um, here's a thought about I am mm-hmm. and performance-based. And I love, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you chose this and you did choose this. You, you, you chose the topic yep. for today in our meeting. Yes. In the one meeting we've yep. had. Um, and it actually made me more excited about the I Am series, even than I was. I was already fired up about it because we're going yeah. back to Jesus, going back to the gospel. It's going to lead us right yeah. up to Easter. I think it's going to be fun um, and helpful. Yeah. But I'm thinking about how we identify ourselves or how we want people to identify themselves when we first meet someone. Mm. Typically, we start with, hi, I'm John Vermilia," or hi, I'm Britton Bishop. Hi, I'm Benjamin, you know, and then what comes next is I am, and we give some identity piece that we think matters. Yeah. Like I'm a pastor, dot, 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 dot. I'm a coach, dot, 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 dot. I'm the son of James Mm. P or James and Jeanette Vermilia. They're missionaries and pastors. I am from Buckley. So, so it's where I'm from, who I'm the child of, what I do and all this kind of stuff. It's all because I. Yeah. Instead of, I'm John Vermilia, or sorry, my name is John Vermilia. Mm-hmm. I'm a child of God. Yeah, that's good. That's very good because that's so key, right? In our introduction, I was just thinking in my head a lot of different things, but uh, one of them being I can't speak at Wesleyan universities anymore Uh-oh. until I meet your parents because <laughs> I'm tired of people hearing that I'm connected somehow to the Vermilion Nation. I'm sorry. And I got people older than anything I've ever seen. Who'd you meet? I can't even think of his, I mean, professors and religion departments and the head of, the, and it's the, you got to meet this pastor. He's like, you know, Jim and Jeanette. Like, oh my no, goodness. I don't know them. I'm sure they're awesome. I know their son. It's pretty cool, but it's just like you're. I don't know who this your father is. I'm excited to get to know him at this basics conference. Yeah, we got to have you. Dude's a legend. So this is a true story. It's (laughs) hilarious that you just said that. So today's a Thursday when we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday was Monday or Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. Gabby had a shift at Chick Fil A, Mm. and so I got a 20 minute or a 15 minute drive, depending on how the restaurant grew and those stupid (laughs) roundabouts, whatever. So I rolled up to get Gabby. And I'm, oh no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It wasn't Chick-fil-A. She was skiing. Uh. And, and so I rolled out, it was a 20 plus minute drive. Cause I rolled out to Crystal Mountain and I'm like, I'm going to call mom and dad cause I haven't talked to him for a hot yep. minute. We start talking and we're just catching up and this and that. And then it's, you know, and they're on speaker, yep. but when they do speaker, like dad's yeah. across the room right. and then I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Dad. Are you in the bathroom? I mean, can <laughs> can you come and sit next to mom? Because speakers don't work that way. Yes. I'm sorry. And he comes over. And then they proceeded to, all they want to do is talk about you. And they're like, oh yeah, Britain. Now where's Britain at? And what's Britain doing? And I'm over here going, hey, I'm your kid here. I'm telling telling you about your great. They want to talk about Britain. They knew you were at Southern Wesleyan University. Oh, okay. And they were like, you need to tell him. And they started listening off all these people. And then my father, and I love him, God bless him, because he's pulling these out. One of the dudes, might have been a chaplain, yeah. older fella that is a pastor, yep. and they just love him, and they knew him from Fargo Church. Yeah. Back in Ohio, you know, it's where your grandparents, and I don't know, but it's <laughs> it's it's where your grandparents got married, you know, and then remarried. <laughs> it's a long story, you know. And then they were like, uh you know, what's interesting about him, they told me a story about that man's childhood and they wanted me to call you up and maybe tell Make you sure that story because that, yeah. that made him really important. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not like it. So you got to meet the V's. Yes, I yeah, do you because meet the I, I, every time I go anywhere that Wesleyan is tied to, it's like I'm a part of a, a royal like – you know them? And I'm like, no. Yeah, they're royalty. Yeah. We're not. <laughs> yeah. Here at the tab, we're more like a gang. So, no. In the words of Foster Christie, Brett, I-, I liked it out there. 
Yeah. He goes, yeah. Remind me when I was doing prison ministry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Felt like that's ministry. us here at the Tabernacle. Just Shout out to Jim and ministry. Jeanette. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the I Am series. Uh, jump in. Uh, make sure you come be a part of it. Invite your family. Invite your friends. And uh, let's get after it. Till next time, this is John, Benji, Britton, and Ghost Energy. No free shout outs. Signing off. Mm-hmm.